Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. If I was going to title this, I would title it, Empty Yourself. And that sounds like, oh great, you know, I really want to listen to this message, but you do, because this is exactly what Jesus did, and we're to do exactly what he did. And... Um, having the stomach virus last week, okay, I know there's somewhat of a parallel, try not to get grossed out, but you just, you start to feel really empty and really weak. And you know, after I, I did the, like, I bravely did the 24 hour and then I was like, okay, done God, 24 hours, you know, that's what they call it. 24 hour, but no, 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 48 hours. And, you know, not that I've had, I've had much harder things and so have you in your life. But, you know, when you feel nauseous, you are just immobile. You're helpless and you, you can't get anything done. You feel totally like, what am I doing, God? This is a total waste of time, you know. And I know that, you know, sickness and disease, it's very clear in the Bible that that comes from the fall, that comes from sin, that comes from Satan, that does not come from God. God is good and he doesn't give us bad things. We're in this fallen world and I don't know how it all works because I know angels protect us from so many things. Like most of us would all be dead if angels hadn't intervened like nine million times, especially when we were in college. But it just, especially our husbands. But um, anyway, yeah, thank you, Jesus, that Lacey's still alive. And thank you that I didn't meet him while we were in college or I would have never married him. But um, yeah, and he knows that. But seriously, so weak and just feeling like this is so such a waste of time. So, but I kept feeling drawn to the scripture in Philippians 2, 7 that says, Jesus emptied himself. Taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And I just kept meditating. For some reason, I kept relating and meditating on Jesus emptied himself. It was a choice. Now, my emptying and getting to that humble place (laughs) um, was not a choice. You know, usually my getting to a real humble place is not my choice because by nature, I'm like, I've got a plan. Let's go, you know, and God has to sometimes use his fabulous, wonderful ways that I'm so overwhelmed by his goodness that I'm humbled. But Jesus emptied himself. And I thought, what, when did he empty himself? And I thought now Christmas, it's now it's when he decided he himself decided with the trinity however whatever the conversation was god the father god the son god the holy spirit that the son would empty himself of his deity and literally become human flesh it's now so when we see the baby in the manger now i want us to see jesus emptied himself to become a baby okay you know how much trust that would take in your father to go okay basically if we were talking to our kids we'd say um he allowed god to x him out (laughs) i mean do you understand he took 
my opinion is that literally he became human flesh and he was a baby growing up just as any other human would grow up. So he had to somehow erase his memory. He had to trust his father enough that they would reconnect that he as a human would hear God as a human and would go and follow the path and choose the right things in order to fulfill salvation for us. But in but for God to do all that, for God to do all that, Jesus had to empty himself. And so I start I got so excited too because I thought, you know, for God to work miraculous things for us in our lives, we have got to empty ourselves. Empty completely and let God totally take control. And think about how much absolute, just astounding amount of faith that, that the son had in the father by saying, okay, you know, yes, send me as a baby, not knowing you anymore. And, and completely, I'll have to reconnect with you as a man and um, empty me of my deity, empty me of all my rights, um, empty me. Nobody's going to know who I am, you know. He does that. And he trusts God that much. And it's like, wow. So now when I see the baby in the manger, and you see the baby in the manger, we think about Christmas. Don't think so much like, oh, Christmas, Christmas presents, yippee yeah. It's so exciting to realize, wait, there are scriptures that talk about this time of year that we are celebrating, which is only because we celebrate at this time of year. You could celebrate it every day of the year if you wanted to. If you lived in Europe, you'd probably be celebrating it in January. But Christmas, Jesus, God himself, chose to empty himself to become like us. And we're going to look at the reasons why, and we're going to look at more of, of, of what emptying himself means. In the King James Version, um, it, instead of emptied himself, it said he made himself of no reputation. God, who created the world, who should be honored and revered by everyone and everything, made himself of no reputation. I mean, that should really speak volumes to, to us right now. In the Greek, what that means is to make void, make of no reputation, make empty, deprive of force. In other words, Jesus deprived himself of even the power and the honor that it was his right to have. He, as a man, didn't have the power to do anything apart from the Father, just like us. See, sometimes we think of it as Jesus, oh, well, he was God, so he just, you know, healed the leper and da-da-da. No, he didn't. He did that as a man. And he was also, it's a mystery, he was also fully God, fully man, fully God. But my personal opinion, this this is just my opinion, and I'm, I'm stating that heavily, is that Jesus... Part of the Trinity, the Son, chose to empty himself of all deity and power and memory as God and become a human baby, knowing nothing, and growing up from a boy to a man. I want to give you a scripture for that. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. That's Luke 2.52. You can just, it's like he's a baby 
And he grows up like any other boy. He's taught the word. He goes and listens to the teachers. And it's my opinion that as just as he, he's fully man and he's fully God, but the fully God part was veiled. And my opinion is that it was also veiled at first to Jesus himself. That it became unveiled as the Father led him through steps of obedience and he realized, I'm the Messiah. And God took his time doing that. I mean, Jesus was 30 years old when he started his ministry. And he only had it for three years and it's changed the world. It's changed the way we even think. It's changed the way we tell time. It's changed every culture and civilization and it's continuing to change hearts and lives and you know even even that i was sick and it kind of started to make me feel gross because first of all i'm going back to the nausea part you know because that's really super important no but i want you all to understand this i you know it kind of reminded me of when i had leukemia and taking chemo and it also reminded me of the eight years that I was on those strong narcotics. And I felt that way every single day until one, one o'clock. I mean, and I'm not kidding you. And, and it was like at first I started to get a little bit fearful. Like, oh my gosh, what if, I mean, what if this didn't go away? Da, da, da. And then I realized, wait, Jesus emptied himself and became flesh. And we're going to read in some other scriptures in just a minute. That he would not only be man, he would take on our sins so that we would have salvation, so that we could be filled with eternity, so that we don't have to fear anything. And we're going to read a scripture that matches that, but that, it just, oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Um, it's also my opinion. Okay. He grew up from a boy to a man. So God starts unveiling to Jesus who he really is. And he does the same thing with us. We are not God by any means, but the more, you know, of God, the more your life, the true you is unveiled. It's just like it says in the new Testament, your life is hidden in Christ. So the more you get to know the word, the more you get to know Christ, the more you get to know the true you, the real you, you know, not the you that you, that tried to be funny and then the you that tried to be organized and the you that tried to be perfect and the you, I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I had all those me's. I mean, I've, I'd see someone that I admired and I'm talking about when I was younger, but then I would be that for a day like, oh, I don't care. You know, oh, I love the way she just doesn't care. I'm going to be that for a day. You know, and you kind of try out different personalities when you're growing up. Jesus grew up too, and, 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 and yet as a man, he, he, he experienced, as a boy, he experienced everything that we would experience. And then he had to be led by the Spirit as a human. God used the Word and that... The teachings that they put in, the Torah, the teachings that he learned as a young boy. And probably even later, Mary said, you know, son, you've, you have <laughs> a little bit different heritage than the rest of us. I mean, you were, I was a virgin when I had you. I mean, 
I know she didn't tell him that when he was two. So there was this unveiling that God had through humans, through the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus was dependent upon all of the same things that we're dependent upon. And so that's what I got excited about, realizing that God was fully man in that manger. And, and, and to choose to do that, to choose to be like X'd out, could I do that? Do I trust anyone enough to where that I could just say, X out my memory, make me nothing? And I'm not even God. I'm just a little 43, almost 44-year-old female in my pajamas. So the other thing I think that Jesus did as a man and as a boy is he had to listen and be obedient to his heavenly father as a human. So he grew up as a boy. He was led by the spirit as a boy. And he had to follow his heavenly father as a human. He was still fully God, and he, but he was veiled. And, and even his unveiling came to him where he realized who he was. And in the temple... Remember him saying, he, he started reading different prophecies. There's over 300 prophetic scriptures about the Messiah. He started reading some to the priest in the temple. And then he said, I'm he. So you realize that at that point, he realized, I am he. But he was still a man. He came to know his deity through following the Holy Spirit. And I keep emphasizing that because sometimes we think, well, that's just not enough. That's all Jesus had. I mean, all he had, that, that's everything. Oh, listening to the voice of the Father, having the word of God, that's not really enough to really, you know, walk in the steps of Jesus or really imitate him or really do even greater things than he did, like the Bible said we were supposed to do. Yes, it is. It's exactly what Jesus had. And Jesus changed the world. He changed eternity for all of us. Remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about the the wedding and how Jesus' mother said, um, uh, Jesus, they don't have any more wine. They ran out of wine like the first day of this wedding. And he turned to her and basically said, my time hasn't come yet. So you, li- listen to this unveiling of God. It, it's the, the man was fully present and they knew him. Understand this baby in a manger is a baby in a manger, fully man. But listen to this unveiling that starts happening that we may not even notice if we weren't realizing that Jesus has totally entrusted himself to the Father to give of himself, to give salvation to us. I mean, it's like he went and he was obedient to God daily in his daily life, realized he was God's son, and then humbly continued to follow his father unto death on the cross for us. As a man. I mean, a man who actually sweated blood. He was so wrought over it. Because he knew what the cross was. He forgave us on the cross. He forgave a criminal next to him on the cross. He forgave the people 
that we're putting him on the cross as a man with God and with the Holy Spirit. Can we do less than that? We're to be like Christ. He is God. We are not. But we need more Christians on this earth acting like Jesus, emptying themselves of themselves and letting the Holy Spirit work through them so that God can move on this earth. And it's not that God is impeded. God can do whatever he wants. But God chose to work through his people, us, those that would inherit salvation, to bring others unto the greater knowledge of Jesus Christ, being God's son, and knowing that that is the way to life. And we're to be doing that through love and humility and gentleness. And yet, do we do that or do we get on our own schedule and our own agenda? And we only leave just enough time, which is what I used to do, especially when I had my first baby. Okay, for every errand, it was like if I had to go to the cleaners, I left exactly 10 minutes to go to the cleaners, 30 to go to the grocery store. This is while I have babysitting time, 10 to get gas. I didn't account for anyone coming up and needing to talk to me. (laughs) And I'm a Christian. I mean, that's my first call. I didn't pad time for anything to go wrong. And so why was I stressed and frustrated? You know, and now it's so much fun for me to go, God, I don't know what today contains. I know a few things that I think I'm going to do, but I've had time even on my grocery time because almost every single grocery time, someone will come up to me and ask for prayer. It never fails. (laughs) and I pad time at the cleaners because someone will say, wait a minute, and this actually happened. I I recognize your voice. Where have I heard your voice? And I said, I don't know. They kept saying, well, I I know I've heard your voice. Where have I heard your voice? And finally, I said, and the lady that was working the cleaners said, what? I said, and she goes, that's right, you're on the radio. I've heard you on the radio. Um, I'm on Saturday and Sunday. I forget that it's broadcasted out of this special room. And look, look at what we need to do. We need to live what we're learning. We need to live what we're learning. We need to let what the Holy Spirit is doing through us go to us and then go out to others. And open up our hands, which are so firmly grasped with, this is my plan. Open up our hands and say, God, your plan's better, you know? So you rule my day today. Let me follow you like Jesus. Remember, Jesus never said anything the Father didn't tell him to say. And he never did anything the Father didn't tell him to do. And he never, I mean, he healed because the Father healed through him. And it's just incredible when we look at it that way. I want to go back to saying, understand that Jesus was fully man and fully God. I I don't want us to ever say, oh, well, at one point he was only fully man. No, he was still fully God, but in, in some way it was veiled. It was veiled to the boy, Jesus, 
Joseph's son who learned carpentry. It was veiled to the people. It was veiled to his brothers and sisters, James, who would later write the book of James, his brother James. It, it became unveiled, but he was still fully man. I want you to listen. This, this, I love Isaiah 9, 6, because listen to how carefully God speaks through the prophet's mouth and how important it is for us to listen to what God's saying because he says something really huge here. He says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So we're celebrating this year. That's what we're celebrating, I say, this year, this time of year. I guess I, I, I celebrate it all year. So to me, I feel like this is what we're celebrating. This is what we're celebrating throughout our lives. For unto us a child is born. Jesus is a baby, you know? For unto us a child is born. So the prophet Isaiah is hearing God. For unto us, unto the world, unto people, a child is born. You know, I don't want to go to one more Christmas pageant and just look at the baby and, and kind of feel like, oh gosh, you know, when is this going to be over? And and just not think about Jesus' first sacrifice to me was denying himself the right to be God in order to be man. And to look in that manger and to just be blown away. And, I mean, I've been to so many pageants, and y'all, I mean, Christmas pageants, you know, y'all have to, and um, I'm so reminded of, (laughs) oh my gosh. Maddie would be in them, and she would participate and do well in Storm. He was, like, born an anti-pageant baby. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Before he could even talk, before he could even talk, he absolutely refused to do pageants. He would not let people dress him up. We, we had him finally all his little group, tiny, tiny, tiny little group. There's no way they could rebel. All they could do was just walk down the aisle. They were all dressed like lambs. They had cotton balls glued all over their bodies. I don't know how the women did it, but you know the women that always do the decorating and those women. I love those women. I'm not one of those women. And so he is going down. You know, the shepherds are taking the lambs. He's the only lamb that's screaming and crying, no, not going, no, no. I mean, screaming and crying. And that's what I think about with pageants. I think about, you know, like, oh, my gosh, it's hot in here. Oh, I've seen this before. Oh, sometimes I get teary, like, I'm so glad to be here another year and have see a pageant. And then other times I'm, like, looking at my watch. And most of the times I'm snickering to myself, realizing that, that that's what my son used to do and just praying and hoping that no one else's kid will do that because Maddie was a shepherd. So here's the shepherd, like, almost beating <laughs> the sheep. No one knows that that's his sister. You know, they're all dressed up. But the shepherd is, you know, it's just not right for the pageant. You know what I'm saying? Like the shepherd should have gently like picked up the sheep. But the sheep is just screaming and yelling and throwing a fit. And the shepherd is getting more and more incensed. And the whole pageant has stopped. For unto us a son is given. 
look how Isaiah said, you know, a child is born, but he was already a son. He was already God's son unto us. He's not our son. Unto us, God's son was given. Isn't that so cool? I mean, Romans 8, 3 says, For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. For unto us a son is given. This is just, I I don't know, I don't know about you, but this is like somehow, for lack of a better adjective, gelling for me. This is somehow exploding and imploding in my heart and making Christmas right now so much bigger than than it has in the past for me. So, you know what? I, I look at this, I, I look at the, the greatest accomplishment in the world, the universe, the galaxy, and beyond. I'll say it like our kids do. And beyond was Jesus' willingness to empty himself. And to make himself of no reputation in order for God to accomplish the greatest gift, our salvation. The greatest accomplishment now, we need to look at that baby and go, was for God to empty himself to be a baby so that God the Father, through God the Son, could give us the greatest gift, which is eternal life. So there I am, you know, laid on the bed like a shell of a person. You know, and I'm realizing all this. I, I have eternal life inside me because of Jesus Christ. I have nothing to fear. Nothing. I don't have fear of death. I, I don't like where I am right now, but I was in a joyous place, if, if, believe it or not. And, and, and believe it or not, it was like, I thought, God, why are you allowing this much time to be wasted? I have so much to do. And man, I've been through years of that. You know, like some people have it with with children. They're like, oh, okay, I know you wanted me to have all these children, but I can't get anything done because of all these children. And I could get so much more done for you in the kingdom if you would just kind of entertain the children and miraculously make them all play perfectly together. Or some people have, like I had, you know, sickness or something that disables them from doing the ministry that God called them to do. Why back surgery after back surgery? Why leukemia? Why, you know, three near-death experiences? I mean, how is God glorified? Well, I, I am in no way comparing myself or are you all or any of us to, to Paul. But think about Paul. Paul, the Apostle Paul, and I got to go to one of the gel cells that he was in that, that, and saw why it, it was flooded. Just saw um, technically why every time it rained, sewage would seep in. He spent years in prison. Some of the time, a lot of the time, waist deep in sewage. And don't you know, he would think, God, you know, I could do so much more for you if you let me out. But did he know he was writing two-thirds of the New Testament? You know? Did I know laying on the couch feeling sick that God could give me a message 
yeah, I think I knew that because God can do anything, but we just need to know God does not waste anything. Nothing. I wanted to prepare this message like even better. That's why I'm in my pajamas this morning. But it was like yesterday, <laughs> and I'm going to use this example of God, I know you wanted me to be a mom, but I don't, did you really want me to be everyone's mom? You know, because <laughs> I'm, it's like, our, our, I don't know, our house is a kid magnet. I didn't, I don't know why. It's like kids come in and they make themselves at home. They open the fridge, they get their snacks. I mean, I have, I have snacks for other people's kids in my house for them to eat. And so I was working finally, you know, I'm over all this nausea and all this sickness. Yes, I will get back to my notes. I know I'm making y'all nervous. And I'm finally over all this nausea and sickness. So I'm finally just so excited to get back on my list, back on my track. Back on my getting the right gifts for the right people and checking my list and checking it twice. You know, going to find out if you're naughty or nice. I mean, I'm just right in this human mode, you know. And so Storm comes in. And he comes in um, from spending the night with someone. And his first words are, I'm bored. And I'm like, okay, this is incredible. You've spent two nights out. You have been to play tennis, you have been to the movies, you have been playing Xbox, Z-Box, NYC box I mean, if you just use a letter, it's something they play. You know what I'm saying? Like my mom said, does Storm want anything for his DS? I said, what is a DS? And she goes, well, he has one. Don't you know what one is? I said, um, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I have no idea what a DS is. You know, I just know that there are so many things in our house that I don't know how to work and I don't know what they are. But our kids are so entertained. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, go by the fire and read Christmas books with him. Read the Christmas stories with him. And I thought, oh, yeah, I don't have time for that. Are you kidding? So, but I did it, which I'm not always obedient. So I just want to put that out there. Like, I will tell you many times I'm not obedient, but I did it. And I had that just peace in my heart. And, and we read it, and, and we, we walked away from the fire, and, and then Storm started to read a book to me, and the phone rang, and it was two of his friends who needed to come over until their mom got home from a tennis tournament. Okay, so then I'm like, wait a minute, God, I read by the fire with my son, now his two friends, so I'm thinking, well, maybe... He'll be entertained for a while. Uh Uh-uh, no. The three boys walk into the kitchen and go, we're bored. What can we do? I'm like, oh, my gosh. And the Holy Spirit so clearly says, make cookies. Show them how to make cookies. Roll the dough. Put the flour on. We're talking two hours, three nine-year-old boys flour everywhere, in their hair, on their hands, cookie dough everywhere. They've made some of the ugliest cookies I have ever seen in my entire life. They are so proud of them. They used cookie cutters for the first time. None of the three boys had ever done this. I think Storm had, but he was too young to remember. It was, it was amazing to them just to have that one-on-one time and, and, and 
for me to be able to just say little things about Christ and God. And these are also two boys that go to church with us. And I just see how God puts everything together if I'll just cooperate. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I even want to say that to my own child. Like, if you would just cooperate, your life would be so good. You know? And, I mean, seriously, everything would be so much easier. I always tell that to, to Maddie or Storm, it, especially Storm right now. I'm like, if you would just do the right thing, we wouldn't waste so much time, you know? And so it's like, oh, my gosh, God's saying that to us right now. Just like Jesus was obedient, this time of year, slow down, be obedient, and then those little boys, nine-year-old boys, took the cookies to elderly people on our street and learned to give. And I thought, wow, that was a well-spent two hours. But I still haven't prepared my lesson for tomorrow. So that's why I'm in my pajamas. That's another reason I'm in my pajamas. Um, I want to read Hebrews 2.14. This is, this is so awesome. Therefore, since the children, that's us, Share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same. You understand what this is saying now? That through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death. That is the devil. I mean, is this coming together? This is coming together for me. This is really coming together for me. And then Hebrews 2.15 goes on to say, And might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. We were subject to fear and slavery and death all of our lives until we truly realized God's Son is Jesus Christ. He has forgiven my sins. And he has offered me an invitation to say, Be Lord of my life. Come into my heart. I confess with my mouth. I believe with my heart that you are Lord. And start studying his word, reading his word, meditating on his word, going places where we can learn his word so that we might change and be metamorphosized so that we might not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we might prove the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Romans 12, 2. This is awesome. And we're not only not subject to death, we're not subject to fear. We're not subject to the enemy. Because Christ in us is the hope of glory. And Christ in us, the one that is within us, is greater than the one that's within the world. Hebrews 2.17 Therefore he had to be made like his brethren in all things. So that he, Jesus, might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. I'm going to read Hebrews 2.18 also and then we're going, to, we're going to look at this a little closer. For since he himself was tempted in that which he had suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. First of all, we see in these verses in Hebrews 2, 14 through 18 or whatever, again, Jesus emptied himself. And then we see he became man. And he became man in order to save us. And I want to go back and read the scripture that just so pertains to that. Um, 
that through death he might render powerless him who had power of death, that is the devil. He himself became flesh and blood. We're looking at Hebrews 2.14. So that through death he might render powerless death. So he became man to save us. He became man to understand us. It's not that God doesn't understand us, but it's like we needed to know that God understands us. You know? I think, I mean, God's God. God created us. He always understands us. But God humbled himself to be man, to walk in the footsteps of a man and be tempted in all ways that he might show us. I understand so the next time we're crying out to God on our knees about something and going, you know what? Nobody understands this. Nobody understands me, and I don't understand me. I want you to know God understands you. He knows what you need. He knows what it takes to get you there. And he's not leaving it all up to you. He wants you to go, I humble myself, and I want you to do the work in me. I am celebrating that this Christmas, that you're doing it, that you're going to do it, and you're changing me. And so the other reason that Jesus became a man, I just listed three, save us, understand us, and then the third is to free us from the fear of death. What an incredible gift. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine walking around thinking, this is it? This is it? I drive a 2002 car. And it's making weird noises. I'm telling the truth, okay? And pretend that I thought this was it. Why am I not in an Audi? Why am I not in a castle? If this is it, shouldn't I be like reaching and grasping and grabbing to be all that I could be? Shouldn't I be promoting myself and, and, and being myself? Isn't that what the world's doing? Because they think this is it. This isn't it. This <laughs> isn't it. We're just on earth to learn to know God and to trust God and to love God and honor God just like Jesus did. Love is a choice. We're on this earth right now to learn to love God. It doesn't matter what you drive. It doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter if your house is big or small or if you're in an apartment. You have eternal life through Jesus Christ. You have the greatest gift. I remember driving past a bunch of houses and I was with someone who will remain anonymous. And I remember this person, you know, I've done this too. It's not, it just has nothing against, against her, but she was pointing out different houses and saying, well, you know, they inherited great wealth and then pointing out another house. Now they inherited great wealth. And now they're from the such and such family. And the such and such. And oh my gosh. I, I have to just kind of say. That I wish that I had inherited great wealth. It, that's what they said. And I turned to that person. And I said you know what. How can they. Be jealous of what we have. If we're jealous of what they have. And she said what are you talking about. And I said. God wants them to be jealous. Of the Jesus and the eternal life and the peace and the joy and the completeness and the wholeness and the contentedness that we have in our life so much that they say, hey, what's the deal? We're not to be wanting what they have. All of that's a gift from God. It's not wrong. It's not sinful. Everything is a gift from God. But 
we are to be thinking, I am the wealthiest person in this entire world because I have Jesus Christ. I have eternal life. I have everything. I have everything to share. I, I, I am incredibly blessed. I am humbled. And then I think that also we are to follow Jesus in everything that he did. We are told in the, in the, I believe in the book of Ephesians, to imitate Christ. We're not to do like, okay, we'll do sort of like as good as Peter. No, we're supposed to imitate Christ. If only we could do as good as Peter, you know. But we are to imitate Christ. And so what does that mean? That we listen to the Father, that we follow him, that we ask for forgiveness that we stay in there in our Christian walk, that we trust even when we want to sweat blood, which none of us have ever come to that point of death. I've come to the point of death, but I've not come to the point of crucifixion. And see, other people have. And so you need to realize it's not just crucifixion. It was taking on every sin and every affliction and every sickness and every darkness and every part of the curse on him and then feeling his father's face turn from him for the first time. Totally alone. I mean, awesome. Only Jesus has done that. But we're to imitate him. And I believe one of the reasons he came as a man is to show us how to imitate him. And so, what did he do? First, he emptied himself. And I think that's what we're supposed to do. As Jesus' disciples, we're to empty ourselves by lovingly speaking to others without thought of personal gain. You know? We're to empty ourselves by going into a place and, 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 and being able to say, God, you know, I think I'm in here. I really think that I am in Burlington Coat Factory to try to find some good teacher gifts. I'm just trying to be real. and But you, and I can't find a basket because they're, they're all taken, and it's unbelievable. I just got better from the flu, and it's Saturday morning, and it's the 10th, and I used to have all my Christmas presents wrapped by now. But no, I, you know, and, and, and I can't even move in this sea of people. And I had to stop and go, God, I don't, I don't even know why I'm here, do I? And God knew why I was there. And, and I just... Waited at the elevator and waited and waited and waited and waited with a family, with this man. We would have never met each other. We would have never talked. We would have never become friends. And that's a whole other story I don't have time to tell. But you and I need to empty ourselves in everything, in our schedules, in our motives. Do we submit our plans to God? Do we, do we confess and, and look at our motives why are we calling someone? Why are we befriending someone? We need to be empty of ourselves. We need to not even need to care what people think about us. You know? I've laughed before. Yeah, this is a true story. But there is this really large baby shower. And, and it's really a compliment for me to be invited. And I, But I couldn't go. And it was a really important baby shower. But I couldn't go. And But I wanted you know, other people to know that I was invited. And so I delivered this large gift with to the person from Kathleen Witten and, and made sure it was on the table so that 
everybody that went to the party saw it to know that they, I was invited. How embarrassing is that? I mean, I'm in the ministry for crying out loud. I know better. This was not 12 years ago. This was like more like four years ago. I mean, and, and I laugh and laugh about that. But then I think God was just showing me. You want people to know that you were invited. You do care about your reputation. You need to empty yourself of that. You need to give it to me. You need to just go with me. And then now I can just tell you something with with my schedule. It's so awesome to be able to go. God, I don't feel any grace to go to that, that party or that gathering or that meeting. And you know what? It doesn't matter who sees me or doesn't see me. You must want me elsewhere. I'm going to stay here and read the word or... I hear you telling me to go to Steinmart or I'm not kidding. God does awesome things like that. And to be available is to be empty and to be empty is to be available. And God is not looking for ability as much as he is looking for availability. Really? He doesn't need your ability. He has the ability. That's why he uses such weird people. (laughs) that's why, I mean, you look at me and it's like, okay, she's had all the surgery. She can't bend her back. She's sitting here in pajamas trying to talk to us about the Bible and she can hardly sit still. She can hardly put two sentences together, but, but I'm available (laughs) and I'm so excited to be available because it's through me and through you that he works and it's not my ability. It's his ability. And I love that. I want us to realize that, you know, we are to have no desire for entitlement. That's also emptying yourself. It's just that entitlement of even the smallest things. I was in the Steinmart line forever, forever. This was Saturday. And I was in the Steinmart line to buy four items. And it was a 14-hour sale where everything was 50% off and... I can't tell you how many people were in that store. Hardly anyone. There were no baskets left. It was a sea of people. I, I heard, I, I heard, I didn't hear any English. I heard several other languages. It was a madhouse. And then finally, the, I noticed the lady at the jewelry counter had just one more customer. And I said, can I buy these Christmas items at, at your counter? And she was like, sure, let me finish with this customer. So I said, sure. And I, I rolled my little stuff, like literally in a ball, practically on the floor, up to, <laughs> I needed a cart so bad. It was so embarrassing. Up to the counter and, and, you know, start popping this up. And this lady comes up, she hadn't been in line. She's holding up a little red bracelet and says, I'd like to pay for this. And I'm thinking, hello, do you not see that I'm in line and I've been in line and I'm in line before you and the lady at the cashier register, I don't say anything. The lady at the the cashier says, oh, I'm sorry. I need to take care of this lady, meaning me first, because she's been in line for a really long time. Well, the lady holding up the little red bracelet goes, does that mean that I have to go to the back of the line? And I said, no, no, you know what? Go in front of me. It doesn't matter. And and this whole time, God had been talking to me about emptying myself. What a small thing. 
But that's the kind of stuff we need to be doing as Christians all the time so that they'll know there's something different about us. So that they'll know we're not worried about being first in line because the Bible says those that were first will be last and those that are last will be first. I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty deep. Jesus followed God. We must follow Jesus, making ourselves of no reputation, emptying ourselves. And you know what? That's not going to feel good. Emptying yourself does not feel good. It just really doesn't. When we empty ourselves, we become humble, though. Yeah. Sometimes God will help us empty ourselves, you know? Oh, boy. And then other times, it's just like when we fall on our face in gratitude to him, we hear a message and, and it speaks straight to our heart and we're so humbled and we empty ourselves and go, God, oh my gosh, I'm available. You just be the ability. Work miracles through me. Work your love through me. Help me reach the world through you. We start aching for those who don't know him. We start having the heart of Jesus. Emptying ourselves when we are more sensitive, we're more humble. When we're more humble, we're more obedient. And when we're more obedient, God can work His miraculous plan through us. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message. To order a copy of this and other messages, please call us in San Antonio, Texas at 210-822-5500 or toll free outside the San Antonio area, 877-397-7773. That's 1-877-397-7773. Visit our website, KathleenWitten.org, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-W-H-I-T-T-E-N.org. Thank you 